What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Because we back. We, we back. back. We, we back. back. We back. What's <laughs> up? trill there. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Thank you. I've been working on it the whole week. <laughs> we were off. <laughs> I've been doing my runs. I'm trying to get in my Tori Kelly bag. And I feel I feel okay. I feel I, okay about it. <laughs> look, I think you're well on your way, personally, but you. biased opinion. But that's okay. Biased opinions are still an opinion, and I <laughs> will accept fair. them. All, I will accept them all day. Um, but yeah, we're back. We missed you guys. It's only so been a much. week. It's it, a, felt, it felt like like a month. Such a long time <laughs> since the last time we spoke. Person yes. listening to the podcast right now. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been way too long. It feels, it's always so funny too, because once we get back, I don't know why it just, it, it feels like the first day of school again or something. <laughs> like you're just trying to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Or like you've been on a small break, like a winter break. So it wasn't as long as summer, but it was just long enough for you to forget everything you had learned in, in class. Right. And then you come also, back. Also, we really didn't want to take a break either, but True. it was- it was kind of important. And homies, if you're listening, always remember the importance of breaks and resting and rejuvenating yourself. It is very important. Mm-hmm. It's something that we do not do right. anywhere near enough. However, we did take a week off. We did a little bit of self-care. And we're back. We're better. Yeah. And we got spooky stuff to talk about. And we're ready to hop back into it. Ready to go. Ready to fight. Ready to stab. Ready to take a stab at a new move a new yeah it's a new movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is the thing Look, that segue was so strong in the first half let me tell you <laughs> i got choked up near the end because <laughs> because this movie is new but it but at the same time at this point in time i feel like Either everybody has seen it or everybody has been spoiled uh, for it because we're talking about five cream. And this Mm -hmm. is one that we the horror, the horror fans had been waiting for, been waiting and waiting and waiting for. So when it came out, understandably so, because I do think that this franchise, it's so important to not know who the killer is going into it. Like if you really want to have the full experience. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know who the killer is going in. So I think for a lot of people, they were like, I want to see, I'm going to see this movie right off the bat right. so that I don't get any spoilers. We did not do that. We kind of slacked. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. We were slackers for yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we definitely <laughs> took the backseat in terms of getting out and seeing this movie. Yeah. And and it's understand, like, because there are those people who don't, either it's released later, maybe wherever they live, or... They are not yet comfortable going to movie theaters. We don't fall into that category. And even if we did, this movie came out on demand or uh, like streaming not that long after it released. 
Oh yeah, it's, we have absolutely no excuse. There, there is none. It's We're not been trying to make one either. <laughs> We're just letting you guys know what happened. There, yeah. we just didn't watch it. That's all. Yeah, it's been ready and waiting. Every time I went on Paramount Plus, I saw Nev Campbell's face, and she was like, "Bitch, are you ready yet?" And I was like, "No, I can't. I can't. I'm not ready to watch you yet. I don't know why. I need to um, mm-hmm. because." Everybody's talking about you and the homies have been asking us to watch this movie because they wanted to talk about it. We ended up making a channel in our discord that neither one of us could go into Mm -hmm. because we couldn't discuss it yet. So let me let me just say really quickly, the level of liberation that I felt when I was able to finally click on that discord tab and read what people had been saying, bruh. Yes, homies just say all the discord homies just so you know didn't cheat this entire time did not read a single word of that channel until watching the movie no no cheatsies yeah as soon as the the credits started rolling i pulled my phone out (laughs) i i gotta know i gotta know what have they been saying (laughs) what what have we been discussing in there so yes it's Mm -hmm. the same it was a very sweet relief because i'm not going to lie I've been eyeballing that channel for oh, yeah. a minute now. I said, it's, you know what? It's been lit up and glowing for weeks, weeks. And I'm like, maybe I could just take a little peek, you know, just a little clicky. What are the chances that the whole movie gets spoiled for me? What are the chances? What are the chances? Um, also, really quickly, to step on the soapbox for just a moment. Now, we know that we are late. We are very, very late. We are aware. We've established that. However, it's going to take a quick moment out there. To check a couple people, because this is a movie. Now, I was fortunate enough. I avoided most spoilers for this movie up until my watch. Erica, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, was not (laughs) as lucky, unfortunately. But I get it. We all got social media. We're all on the internet. And we're all excited when a new movie comes out, a new series, TV show, etc., etc. All I'm asking you for, seven days. A whole week, just a whole week of blackout, allow people some time to get out there and see these movies before you start dropping whole ass scenes from the movie on your social media page. In HD 4K. How about that? Let me do something better. How about 24 hours? How about you allow me that? (laughs) Because I swear this movie premiered and as soon as people walked out the theater, somehow they had the scenes, they had the dialogue, they had the costumes. (laughs) They had the intel. They had the behind the scenes straight out the theater. And people were dropping. Look, I get it. I get the same. I get some people's mindset where it's like, well, if you didn't want, like, you knew this big movie was coming out. Maybe you should avoid X, Y, and Z if you don't want spoilers. Guys, we run a horror account. Like, I I can't not go onto the account. I'm like, oh, I need to update. I just want to put something up, post something on Instagram. And of course, the first thing that comes up on the feed is, oh my God, I can't believe this character died in, in, the, new, in the new five cream. And I'm like, fuck. So yeah, I got some spoilers, mainly from being on the homies Instagram. But also, dude, I got a freaking, one of the biggest spoilers that I got was when I was on my personal account, I was on, I was just scrolling through like the tags for, I don't even remember what it was for, something completely unrelated. And I got mm-hmm. a huge spoiler for one of the, the scenes at the very end. And oh. I, like, it was like before that, it was like, 
makeup. Great British Bake Off. Isn't this a cute halter top? Look, look, look how the killer gets killed at the end of the screen. <laughs> I was like, bro, I think that's what I, I think that's when I let you know that I have been spoiled because I was pretty, I was actually pretty bummed about that one. And I'm a person that doesn't mind spoilers. I've said this many times before, but I was trying really hard with this movie because I wanted, mm -hmm. I knew we were going to cover it. So I was trying really, really hard. And, um, I got attacked. You failed. I got attacked. <laughs> I did. I got social media'd to to death for this movie, but it didn't stop me from still being excited to go in and see how everything unfolded. Oh yeah, of course. And we ask kindly that you be kind with your spoilers. And honestly, if you're the type that's like, screw you guys, I'm gonna post yeah. my stuff the moment that I get home from this movie. Okay, fine, but please. At least put like a spoiler tag yeah. or something there. Just some 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 barrier yeah. between the non-viewers and yourself, you know? Just help us out. Maybe a little Please. swipe. Maybe it's like, oh, spoiler on the next slide if you're on Instagram, so that we have to swipe over to check it out. Love that. Would yeah. would truly appreciate that. But one last little thing that I did also want to mention before we get into the movie, which will be spoilerific uh, review. Super spoilerific. But at Already this point, we're late. So you guys don't care, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, before we get into the review, I wanted to kind of let you guys know like the our thought process behind doing these movies that are franchises and kind of covering the all of the movies within the franchise mm -hmm. because with scream obviously we've covered the first one and now we are covering the latest one i think for us we feel especially for these movies that are getting reboots or sequels or remakes sometimes it's kind of nice to cover the original and then cover the newest one Especially, I think, now because we've started to do this thing over on our Twitch where we'll kind of fill in the blanks about our feelings for some of the other movies. That's not to say that we're never going to go back and cover Scream 3 in the future or, like, cover some of these other movies. But at the same time, some of these franchises have a shit ton of movies in them and some yes, of the way do. that we feel about the movies is similar from movie to movie we might not always have a ton of new things to say so i think we're getting into that mode where if there is a newer movie in that franchise coming out soon or has come out recently expect that we'll probably try and just fill in the blanks within the episode and then like skip from the original to the newest one. And then, you know, over time, you guys will probably find out how we feel about the other ones. But I just wanted to let you guys know, because I'm sure some people are probably like, but what about the rest of them? It gets hard to cover every single movie in a franchise, I think, yeah. sometimes for us. <laughs> we also don't think you guys want to sit for a five hour long podcast. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I don't know yeah. if we want to sit and record a five hour podcast. However, if you want to hear more about Scream, more than we talk about today make sure you guys stop by twitch mm -hmm. if it if you're listening to this on monday we will be talking more about scream and the rest of the franchise yeah. so you do have that to look forward to yes so 
hang out with oh also guys it's my birthday stream on <laughs> twitch tonight so you get a twofer you get our thoughts on the screen franchise and you get to come and hang out and celebrate my birthday so double reasons to come through to our stream i <laughs> uh, just thought i'd throw that in there uh, but... the, the real ones will show up the real ones will be there and i appreciate you always and forever but okay i I think it's time for us to go ahead and get into this movie. Let's not keep them in suspense any longer. I know they've been waiting, what, like, oh, five months to hear our <laughs> thoughts. So <laughs> let's Very hop true. in. Very true. Nah, you are right. You're right. All right. It's time, homies. We are entering into big spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But like we said today, we're talking about scream or as we the homies like to affectionately call it five cream mm -hmm. directed by matt bettinelli olpin and tyler gillett written by james vanderbilt and guy Busick, based on the characters and story by kevin williamson and starring a thick cast but yeah, a meaty <laughs> cast for sure a big old big old cast uh <laughs> But some notable names include Jenna Ortega playing Tara Carpenter, Melissa Barrera as Sam, Jack Quaid as Richie, Mikey Madison as Amber, Dylan Minnette as Wes, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy, Mason Gooding as Chad, Sonia Amar as Liv, and with returning performances from Marley Shelton as Sheriff Judy Hicks, David Arquette as Dewey, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, and Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. It's been 25 years since the first Ghostface massacre in the town of Woodsboro. And 25 years later, it's happening again. Sam Carpenter and her boyfriend, Richie, arrive in Woodsboro after receiving news that Sam's sister, Tara, had been attacked by a killer brandishing a knife and iconic ghost face mask. It is soon revealed that both Sam and many of Tara's friends have a connection to the original Woodsboro murders and... We all know when it comes to Ghostface, it always goes back to the original. Insert horror movie trivia. Requel fan fiction. And cameos on cameos on cameos here. Our film concludes with our pair of sisters and surviving legacy characters having a showdown with the ghost-faced killer in the house where it all began. Also, it's an honor. Roll credits. Okay, so I've been very excited to talk about this movie with you. And I think we both are coming into it from an are uh, from a standpoint of we are fans of Scream, but I wouldn't say that we're like diehard fans. I feel like we're pretty middle of the road mm -hmm. in the sense of we enjoy the Scream movies, but we don't often go back to them. True. Would you agree? I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. So I was excited to have this conversation because I think for at least for me i don't know if you felt the same way 
I didn't really go into this movie with too many expectations. I will say I am a fan of the the uh, Scream 4. I actually enjoyed that movie much more than I thought I would coming from a person who like hadn't been watching Scream often or revisiting the series very often. Right. I actually liked the fourth one a lot. I, that's probably the one that I've watched the most, mainly because I bought it on DVD. And when I was in college, I didn't have cable. So I watched a lot of <laughs> whatever I had on DVD. So I ended up watching that movie a lot. Which is fair. But, but I think because of my feelings from that one coming into the fifth one i expected it to be good but i didn't really have any expectations as far as comparing it to the ones that had come prior Mm -hmm. and i feel like that was true like that stood for me while watching this but i will say i actually found myself comparing this one more than i had when i watched the fourth one and i think it's because I've watched them more recently now because of the podcast. Like I watched the original Scream more recently and that was much more in my memory. Mm-hmm. And I've watched Scream 4 recently and that was in my memory. So I think that that's maybe why. But I will say just as a general thought, these movies are always entertaining. Like even the ones that I don't like as much, I'm mm-hmm. always entertained by these movies. Yo, agreed. Agreed. Like I, I'll stand with you there. I'll stand with you, <laughs> you there. You stand by me. I appreciate that. <laughs> if nothing else, I always have fun in these movies, and I mm-hmm. think that that still rings true with this one. Yeah, I I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I myself would, for the most part, I honestly consider myself more of a Scream novice. Like I've watched Scream and I've watched Scream Two. Like I've watched the two of those movies growing up, but mm-hmm. the rest of the franchise, I wasn't too privy on. And so for in preparation for today's episode, I very, very recently binged through the entire series, Sans 3, since everybody hates 3. Except um, for me. I love except, 3. Except for Erica. <laughs> I, do, I do plan on going back and watching 3 um, after we're done recording. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, as I was told, it was an unnecessary entry yes. to watch the newest Scream, uh, yeah. so I skipped that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that standpoint of recently watching almost all the screams i i wholeheartedly agree with you i think if nothing else what i love about scream and the franchise is they take the slasher genre and they just make it so fun Mm -hmm. they make they make you want to watch slasher movies and i think that is one of the absolute beauties of this franchise is just what it did for the cutthroat killer it blows my mind that conceptually this character of ghostface that is always just a person or multiple people has stood the testament of time as one of like the de facto killers in horror. But after binging through the entire series, I do see why, because there is, there is a charm to scream in every entry. And I I think Ghostface adds to it, but I think as a whole, each entry takes the slasher genre and it finds new and fun ways to keep you interested in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel like across the board and this movie at the moment does only have five. So it's a little bit on the lesser side for some of those big horror staple franchises. that have like 11, 12, 13, even though I know there is going to be another one, a sixth for sure, possibly a seventh. But I do know they're going to be doing more. But at the moment, we're at five. So it's maybe a little bit more condensed. But I also think across them all, Tonally, 
they always give me that same feeling. Even mm -hmm. when we have these time jumps, 11 years apart, 10 years apart, what have you, I still always have that same feeling after leaving a Scream movie. The tones across them, I feel like, are just so solid. They always know exactly how they're wanting to be. And I think that that's really, really effective for them. And that's a strength of this franchise is they've set this thing up in the beginning, this meta tone, this kind of taking a stab at horror <laughs> movies while also embracing horror movies and, and embracing horror fans. There's always been that feeling and they continue to get that feeling even in these newer ones, which I think is not the easiest thing to do. And I don't know many horror franchises that successfully do that. Even with the third one, which does get a little bit wonkier and goes more comedic and caricature-y than any of the other ones, it still has that same scream tone that I'm mm -hmm. looking for. Whereas you could look at maybe a you know, Friday the 13th, where it varies more because some of them are more cheesy and some of them are more serious. Mm -hmm. I think this these movies always have that that scream. Like you just watch a scream and you're like, I know I'm watching a scream. Even if I didn't get the the credits or the cutscene title scene, like mm -hmm. I know I'm watching a scream. I feel it right. in my bones. You always, you always know. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. always know. You always know. <laughs> uh, you know what was actually a cool. Um, phenomenon that I felt while watching through the series is the level of nostalgia that comes not just from like watching the original one, but watching each one sequentially and seeing how the environment killers and characters all change a little bit and evolve with us okay. as a society yeah. in time. That was, was a very cool experience for me. Like watching each movie attempt to incorporate more technology because technology is obviously rapidly improving over the time that these movies are being made um, and seeing how they implement that into the story because they're so meta and they have to, mm -hmm. that was easily one of my favorite parts. Even I think more so in this one because there's such a large time jump in between four and five that seeing modern day 2022 scream I didn't realize how much I wanted that. And I, and I think I now kind of understand the hype that I think I saw a lot of other people in the horror community having um, near the release of this movie is just that idea of having a modern day scream mm -hmm. set place in like our time. That's something that I did not know that I was missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say, too, I think the thing about Scream that works very well for rebooting it and doing it in different time periods is that because Ghostface is a figure and not a set person, it's a persona mm -hmm. and the killer changes every time. It's kind of fun because the whole point of these movies is being very aware of horror and the tropes that come with that. And exactly. so as a result, our protagonists and our victims are evolving as horror evolves and as these people become more aware of these horror tropes and these stereotypical things that horror characters do. In every movie, the characters must get smarter. They must learn. They must adapt. And because they are bona fide horror fans, 
They mm-hmm. must not fall into the pitfalls of being stupid characters. They have to be like, okay, yeah. They, either they have to be aware that what they're doing is stupid and acknowledge that, but still go through with it, or they have to be smarter than that. But at the same time, our killer is adapting with the times mm-hmm. as well because it's a new killer, a new generation, a new era every time. They are also adapting, getting better, learning from previous ghost faces and learning how smart their victims are. And so I think that was really fun to see in this movie too, is technology is involved and our victims are more adept because of it. They are able Mm -hmm. to do more things and maybe be more aware because of it. But at the same time, so is Ghostface. Like Ghostface is just as aware of technology and of horror and of the thing, the choices that these victims might make. So it's kind of fun because I feel like they're, at least mentally, it's an even playing field. We're not dealing with a killer that's like stuck in the same mindset for mil- however many years are going to keep coming back. Like mm-hmm. they're evolving as well, which is always fun. Like I'm always excited to see how everyone evolves and yeah. how everyone is different. How does, how does that first person answer the phone? Yeah. How does our expert explain how to survive the movie. Like you have all the different scream uh, pinpoints that you just know will always be there, which I think is a great testament to Kevin Williamson's original writing and how smart and honestly, the way he wrote this series and the whole idea of this series uh, moving into the newer ones, it works so well for reboots because the whole game of these is the killers repeating what happened in the original Mm -hmm. and the original is also canon within the universe of all the other ones right so now you have this kind of duality here of the characters not only are changing and evolving with the times as we are as the viewer but they also get to bank on the nostalgia from the original because every time you know just like the character said it always goes back to the original something from the original is coming back Mm -hmm. to um be the catalyst for the events in the newer ones and it just makes it so much simpler than to take this format and change it up for a rehash or a reboot because you don't have to do too much. You just have to be aware of the format and then work around it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but okay, let's get into some details then. Let's start getting yeah. into the nitty gritty. What is in your notebook, Roshane? So the first thing in my notebook is I like the opening. It mm-hmm. keeps the vibe while still being different. That was mm-hmm. the first note that I wrote. Um, again, real quickly, this was a marathon for me to get to the fifth <laughs> one. So I did watch a lot of Scream opening scenes in sequence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was another fun part about watching this franchise, too, is seeing what they do with the opening sequence, right? The original opening sequence will always be legendary. No one's here to contest that. But watching them play around with the format of it and, like, uh, try and trick the audience with how the opening is going to go. I I love watching that evolve over time. I mm-hmm. think four was one of my favorite examples of that with the fucking seven openings yeah. in a row. Um, <laughs> the fake out opening. The fake out openings. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so coming into this one, I like that. I think up until four, right? Each 
opening sequence was getting a little bit more meta, a little bit more complicated. And I think for Scream 5, they went a little bit back to their roots where you're taking the original idea and you're just swapping out the characters and adding in a couple new elements. But this whole notion of the girl on the phone eventually being attacked by Ghostface, like, again, the formula is still there. But they do find ways to incorporate different things to make it different from the technology with the door openings to the characters being more aware with where phones have come over time. So now we have new phone technology from caller IDs to video calls and all this stuff like phones are so much more intense than they were in 1996. So clearly that element of Scream has to change over time, too. But for the most part. I was digging this opening. I was like, this is pretty good. I don't mind it. I liked the opening. What can I say? I'm a sucker for a scream opening. I've not, I've yet to find one I didn't like. I'm not a huge lover of the third one just because if uh, compared to everything else, it feels the least exciting. Uh, I mean, uh, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting because it gets rid of a character that has been kind of a staple throughout. But how it actually happens, I think, is not the best. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, you kind of go back to the simple girl in a house, home alone premise, which is always effective mm-hmm. in, in its simplicity. It is always effective for me because it's so just a scary notion of being alone in a house and not knowing where someone possibly could be. And so the things that elevate it in this one is, yes, the updates and the mm-hmm. things that make like a 2022 different technologically wise and the ways that we think, oh, we're safer now because we have X, Y, and Z, but those can still be manipulated. One of my favorite parts was the disarming and then re-alarming the door the doors locking like that Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite parts because it's it's just such a like for the character it was such a futile futile thing to be doing because it's like he can unlock this anytime (laughs) he wants this is kind of but at the same time yeah what else are you're gonna try like you're gonna fight back and try and fight against that but at the same time it's you're not going to get anywhere Mm -hmm. and i and i liked that as a way of changing things up and also i appreciated that she was able to call the police and at least have some kind of help on the way which also kind of reminded me of the original with casey's parents coming home and help help almost being there mm-hmm. and i also just love i always love the trivia bits of yes ghost face whenever he's just asking people scary movie questions mm-hmm. and things like that i always love that and i love that she cheats i love that she looks it up on her phone because of yeah. course of course <laughs> yeah like, but again okay. update with the with the times we got yeah. smartphones now baby like ghost face you can't give me a full 10 seconds now i will google that shit instantaneously my guy you want a warm-up question In the first Stab movie, what Woodsboro native was introduced as the franchise's main character? It's Sydney Prescott. It's Sydney Prescott and she lived on Elm. Correct. You see, you're gonna do great at this. Okay, question one. No, 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 no. I got that one right. It should count. Anyone could have gotten that one right. Sydney's in every movie but the last one. Question one. 
who wrote the original book that the Stab movies are based on. But it's like, you know he's watching. So, yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't. But yeah, for but... us, we know that, that Ghostface is watching. So it's one of those things where it's smart for her to do, but also, it was like... never going to fly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you can't ever win those things anyway. True. Let me say, too, um, I did have a soft spot for Tara in this moment because I related very hard to her. Like, now I've seen the first scream. <laughs> However, yeah. for long-time listeners of the pod, y'all know that I'm definitely a, a new age boy when it comes to horror. So you ask me questions about hereditary and if follows and stuff like that. I got you. But then mm -hmm. when you go old school with trivia, that's where I struggle. So that little bit that she said, you know, touched my heart. Because I was like, damn, I feel you, girl. Yeah, you found a kindred spirit, I think, <laughs> in, in Tara, I imagine, watching this movie. <laughs> Uh, but the other thing I, I enjoy, too, is talking about moving forward and evolving. Um, not only has horror evolved, but effects and the way we shoot things has evolved, too. And I think the way that we stab people and shoot stabbing has substantially evolved since 1996. Because I feel like a lot of the stabs in this movie are very visceral. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're similar to the original screams, but they're different. They're a little bit more brutal a little bit more aggressive, a little sloppier, messier. And mm. I think you get the first hints of that in this opening sequence when she's being attacked. Because in some of the older screams, you know, characters will get stabbed and maybe they'll run off. But typically it's like two or three and like, boom, that character's done. This version of Ghostface ain't afraid to stab your ass like 15 times mm -hmm. and still break your leg in the pro like. This ghost face is a little vindictive, you know? Yeah, this ghost face is definitely much more brutal in the sense of, I think every ghost, ghost face has relished in the killings a bit. Mm -hmm. All of them in, seem to really enjoy playing with the victim. The thing that feels different about this one, though, is they don't, it doesn't seem like the playing part is like the lead up and the build up isn't what they're enjoying. It's the actual, the actual. act of killing. Mm -hmm. And so they're having a time. They are stat they are stabbing away like these people are butter. And like, <laughs> yeah, there's something about the way that they're so quick in this one. It almost feels like in the original ones, I think the ghost faces were I mean, each one's a little bit different, but I think for a lot of the original ones, they felt a little bit more clumsy at times, or it felt at times they really needed to rely on, it was very important not to get caught. So mm -hmm. a lot of their reliance was, I need to get this person alone, but since they're alone, I can kind of take my time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter if they get away, I'm still gonna get them kind of a thing. Yeah. In this one, it feels so, everything just feels so rapid. As soon as they have a victim in their sights, it, it just feels like, I gotta kill him now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. gotta get hurry up and kill them and get this done. But then at the same time, it almost doesn't feel like they care about getting caught. At it's a all. weird balance with these ghost, with these ghost faces where like this ghost face feels much more, more frantic and frenzied in their energy. But they also feel like a wild animal where they get so into the killing bit, but then also 
like the way that they run off is very spooked like they've been spooked almost but i don't know i like it i dig it it's pretty fucking wild and i agree with you these ghost faces have no chill in terms of being caught or like giving a shit i i like that at least from like scream 4 into this one something that i enjoy that they started doing is i feel like the ghost faces at some point in the series really started to target like the cops and like the sheriffs and whatnot mm -hmm. and i thought that was a very smart move because later on in the series cops don't mean shit they're useless like i think maybe in the first two you could argue that cops have more of a presence but i think honestly from scream 2 moving forward it's like it doesn't matter if you have police guarding you it doesn't matter if you have surveillance it they ain't don't never give a mattered fuck. it ain't never mattered in woodsboro <laughs> woodsboro police department been shit and will always be shit because none of these people can do their job all i ask says sheriff dewey is that you sit in the car and and watch and watch just make sure nobody gets in and out of the house tell me why everybody and their mom has access to these rooms to these houses these police they're not they're trash it's i honestly feel like it you don't have to do anything to get to become a police person in woodsboro like mm -hmm. i i feel like they just go to the high school and they're like guys we need people uh, when are you graduating <laughs> this year perfect <laughs> we'll see you we'll see you first thing after you graduate i'll have your uniform ready because mm -hmm. they suck they're just it's so disposable it's ridiculous yeah but uh, you know what I'll, I'll say this they they suck but i feel like they have been trying to get better over time they just <laughs> yeah. don't yeah like yeah, I, it's a, I do it's a think fun they suck. It's a fun th suck. They genuinely have tried to be better police officers, but they just cannot keep up with the evolution of the ghost faces yeah. because every time we just got massacres upon massacres upon massacres. I will say it is jumping forward a little bit. We'll retract, but um, Sher uh, Sheriff Judy mm -hmm. in broad daylight that had me shook. That Sheriff definitely had Judy. me shook. Imagine, imagine <laughs> on your own front porch with your neighbors in full view at three in the afternoon at three in the afternoon on my pristine lawn i'm getting <laughs> shanked <laughs> again and again and again and not a single person wants to look in my direction sheriff judy where was your gun where was your gun where was your gun first of all in the house you chose a knife to protect yourself which in hindsight was good because you could have shot your son so True. maybe it was good you had the knife but then you're in your police car where i must assume you have a backup we weapon you know ghost faces at the house and you run in unarmed sheriff judy that sushi had your mind <laughs> that sushi had your mind warped my girl <laughs> nah i see it was the hunger she didn't get the sushi <laughs> So she clearly wasn't thinking straight, you know. Ghostface got her right before she hit sushi stop. Couldn't yes. quite put that order in. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, so sure. Her Judy. and her no. baby boy paid for it. And her baby boy. I liked that his name was Wes. Wes, yeah. R.I.P. the Great. Yes, because this is, of course, the first one without um, Wes Craven uh, at the helm. So mm -hmm. I did like that they paid some some homage to him and... 
And especially because it kind of comes back a little bit later when they're having that party and they're like to Wes or for Wes and yeah. like celebrating his life. That was tragically <laughs> cut, cut short by by Ghostface. Um, yeah. But but yeah, the the it's just kind of a staple, I think, of the the Scream franchise, which is also, of course, making fun of other horror movies where the police are just they cannot do anything. They but can't. In yeah, this, right, yeah. But in this one, the police do save Tara's life. I was actually mm -hmm. very, very happy to find out that she survived because it's the only thing they could have really done to subvert all of their past openings exactly. is have someone survive. That's never mm -hmm. happened before from an opening kill. Yeah, that, that was such a good choice. I absolutely love that choice. And I was thinking about that, too, as we got the Scream um, title card up, too. I was like... All right, I enjoyed the opening sequence. It was different, um, but what is it about this version that's really going to make it stand out? And it mm -hmm. is the fact that the the girl survives the yeah. encounter, and that is very different. And I, I do think that's a good plot device to getting uh, Sam and Richie into the story yeah. as well. I do think that that was very smart. That being said, I mean, at this point, we're deep enough in the the Billy the Billy Loomis connection. <laughs> with sam i get it i could have done without it if i'm gonna be honest here here's my thing i actually didn't mind that sam was billy's child i i mean sure sure why not let's <laughs> sure. do it let's say that billy impregnated someone else sometime in high school and and had a child and yeah let's say that sam finds that out Mm -hmm. I'm cool with all that. I actually don't mind that. What I didn't totally love was the Billy hallucinations. Not that I was upset. <clears throat> Look, I'm never mad to see Skeet Ulrich. I'm never <laughs> mad. <laughs> I'm 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 happy that he is in the movie in some capacity. I actually don't I don't think the deagification looked bad either. I think it looked fine. To be fair, he looks very good anyway. I feel like they probably didn't have to do very much to him because he has aged quite nicely. Um, but why would she see him with the yeah. With the exact stabs in him from where or in shots from where he died. Like, why would she see him with those wounds? Wouldn't she see him like I'm normal? I, yeah. Like she would probably see a picture of him from a news article or from a documentary or something. And mm -hmm. that's how she would picture him. Why does he look like he just rose fresh from the grave and he still <laughs> is wearing the same t-shirt that he was wearing the night because that he died? Because it's for the fans. We know why. It's for the fans. It's not for her. It's Billy's not for her, for her the visions. Fans. It's for us. The wounds? <laughs> that wasn't for me. Billy was for me. I didn't need all the other stuff. And I, and I, think, I think what it is is and and they've done this before because they did this in Scream Three with Maureen and Sydney, where Sydney was hearing her mom's voice and seeing her places. And mm -hmm. so it's not the first time that they've done it. I just think they should have done a mix. I don't think he should have always been there. I feel like sometimes she should have just heard his voice. Maybe sometimes she just saw glimpses of his face and mm -hmm. like reflections. I don't think he always should have been like in the flesh be bopping onto the scene in the back seat in full view like talking to her mm -hmm. that's what started to feel a little bit cheesy because if it just wasn't enough 
it was enough in the way that it was because I didn't want to see too much of that. But at the same time, for the idea that Sam is battling with this with this um, side of her that she feels like could potentially be like Billy. I wanted to see more of that battle. It mm -hmm. only really came up three times. One of them was to 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 be like, do it, kill him. Like, and then the other two times were kind of talking to her, but it just didn't come up enough for me to feel like it meant something, if that makes sense. No, I, I think it does. I think it does. It was, especially towards the end, it got a little deus ex machina, but it's... It's one of those weird plot devices. Like, I thought that that plot device was going to be in there to skew her into actually potentially being becoming a villain um, and, uh -huh. and possibly being the killer. I don't know if that's something they may explore in the next uh, iteration. However, uh, that's what I thought they were going with that, that we were supposed to always think that Sam is a threat because she has this little bit of Billy in her, right? Like, she... At any point, she could become Billy Loomis. That's, I think, the idea that we're supposed to have. And I do think it's articulated through what they did. I, I think that the point they were trying to get across did get across. It was just kind of wonky in its execution in places. I think the way that we view Billy is one way. It's like he, there's no reason to view him like that. We know that he's dead. We know why he looks like that as the viewer of the original mm -hmm. Scream. But it's it does seem very strange that Sam would think of him like that. But I did enjoy that we came in at a point where she was already familiar with this, though. I like yeah. that it's something that she had already been dealing with. And it's not something that we had to, like, see the beginning, middle and end of throughout the course of this mm -hmm. movie. I like that it only popped up three times, you know? I, I agree with that. And I guess for me, I never thought Sam was a threat. I never thought mm -hmm. she was a killer. And I think that's because... I wish they would have been a little bit grittier with her. She's a little too on. She was leaning too much for me onto the side of like, no, 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 this is not a possibility until the very end. I think in the last bit, they'd kind of tried to play it like just where for a she second. was giving like, into her. Second. Yeah, where she was giving into it for a minute. But for the majority of it, I always felt like she was good and had just had a rough time because of these situations but i would have liked to see more of that grit that she had had in her youth as a result of what happened i wish they would have leaned into that more now because as she stands now i feel like i think they could have made her a more different than sydney mm -hmm. and the way of doing that would have made her a little bit more snarky and having an attitude and being really um like antisocial in ways which she is a little bit i just feel like they could have dived into it more because i i like the part where they accuse her of being the killer i feel like they should have really dived into that they really should have had been pointing fingers at her and making her feel like the outcast and if that would have been affecting her more Mm -hmm. But it happens for a scene where they're like, well, you could be the killer. And then it's they're they like, never do that again. Yeah, they never like, point their fingers nah, at her again. <laughs> yeah. And I, was, and, and I was like, they should have done like they should have turned on her mm -hmm. and really made her feel like she had nobody to oh, nobody on her side. And I feel like we would have. So then when the end happened, I feel like we really could have been like, oh, damn, like she's sick of it she doesn't mm -hmm. want to deal with people anymore but i didn't ever feel like that so i was like she ain't gonna do nothing it's true it's true now i will say granted 
I would have liked to have seen that explored in this iteration. However, I don't think that we necessarily needed to have her as a suspect because we had we honestly had enough potential suspects uh, throughout this movie, um, just in terms of bodies that could have been it, Um, Mm -hmm. which actually segues me into asking, how did you feel about our revamped friend group here, our main cast of characters? Okay, so here's my thing. I actually like them. Mm-hmm. I I like the group of characters. I like what they're doing. My biggest issue though is what they do with them. In Elaborate past in past screams, we've had more time to sit with the other characters and just learn little tidbits about them. They'll have side conversations without Sydney. We'll have side conversations where we just kind of learn things about them. It happens in the first one. Randy and Stu and Billy have a conversation totally separate from Sydney, and we learn things about their characters through that. And then, you know, in the in the fourth one, even with Jill's little friend group, like we really get to know them separately from Jill, separately from Sydney. In this one, we don't have that. The every time we're meeting these friends, they're pointing fingers at each other. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, you could be the killer. Why would I be the killer? Well, maybe it's you. And they don't feel like I ever, although I did get to know some of them, there were a lot of them that didn't feel like they ever had a moment to just talk separately from the mystery that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't quite latch onto them as much as I have in past movies and especially for wanting to be like oh this person could be the killer or or something i never got enough from any of them to really suspect that many of them like wes i didn't know shit about wes besides that he was judy's son Mm -hmm. so i never thought he was the killer uh old boy's girlfriend hi um (laughs) okay and then even with chad I didn't know, like, I knew he was a jock because he had a Letterman jacket. Right. <laughs> but, but besides that, I knew that he was related to Randy. And so it just didn't seem like they ever got their moment in the sun to not be just involved in the murder plot or to not be there to be a body. I I both agree and disagree a little bit. I think for the most part, I agree for me, I liked the the Chad and Mindy split because it kind of feels yeah. like we took the expert character and split it into two. And mm. I kind of like that. I like the idea of like we had these twins because for me, even if I never suspected them of being the killers, the fact that they were twins alone makes them a little sus in like the grand scheme of like a Scream movie, right? It's like we know there's going to be two killers. You got twins. Put two and two together. I I think that... Uh, both Chad and Mindy got enough time to um, learn a little bit more about them. I agree about the other half. I think that Wes, we never really get to learn too much about Wes before he bites the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, live, you know, you know. <laughs> and yeah. then um, even with Amber, we I feel like we learn about Amber by proxy, like from yeah. having conversations with Tara or Sam she's typically around for those conversations and that's when we learn more about her but but for the most part like her 
background is a little bit in the dark too. And so it's like, I, I liked the stuff that we did get. I really enjoyed the, 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 the scene where we're describing like requels and all that stuff. I enjoyed that conversation. I think like that was a moment where the Mindy character, we, we really got to see her shine. Right. Um, but for the most part, the characters didn't have that same timeless quality that I think the original cast may have had. Yeah, well, and and yeah, I think Mindy was the most fleshed out of all the side characters. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's because she got that moment. She got the Randy moment. She got the, let me explain what's going on. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like I've had chances to connect with characters in previous screams that weren't allotted here. And I do think it's because they jumped right into Sam trying to solve the mystery and she kind of lays the cards out on the table and says one of you is the killer and i feel like that overtook their group like that became right. the thing that was important to their group rather than not telling them that and kind of letting them letting it unfold as it will like yeah. i was real. i honestly was shocked that she said that to them because i was like well, now they know. <laughs> now they know if one of them is the killer. What was your end? Did you want them to be like, it's me? <laughs> all right, <laughs> I give up. I no, killed all you those got people. Me. You got Shocks, me. Shocks, <laughs> like, like a Scooby-Doo moment where they're like, oh, man. But um, yeah, I think once that happened, it kind of set it up where a lot of them were so focused on the fact that one of them could be killing mm -hmm. each other that... Besides, except for Mindy, and that's why I feel like she is the most fleshed out, is she still continued to kind of not care that that was the case. Like, she was still like, okay, if that's the way it is, and that's the way it is. And she was, like, continuing to live her life. Mm -hmm. But um, we do get set up a little bit where there's a little bit of, like, oh, it could be Liv, or oh, it could be Chad in that very first scene. Mm -hmm. But... um. I and I almost was kind of hoping it was going to be Chad because um, I thought that that would be like a cool twist. He would but, have he would have made for a good one just because I honestly stopped stopped suspecting, suspecting him, him mm -hmm. so early on. So yeah. had they made him the killer, I would have been like, oh damn, he was the killer. Like they would have mm -hmm. got me with that had they made. Yeah, it. they would have gotten me as well. But I think especially for Amber, mm -hmm. she was the most obvious for me yeah. to be the killer and i think it's be and we didn't ever get any time with her so although i liked her reveal i thought the quickness and the surprise with which it happened even though i knew it was her i didn't expect it to happen in that moment mm -hmm. so although i liked her reveal i didn't really care about her being the killer as much as richie who we had gotten a lot of time with i had spent a lot of time with richie so knowing he was the killer it was more of a like more of a f twist for me than amber who very much felt like a c plot character mm -hmm. because i didn't really know her I didn't know her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I simply did not know her. I knew that she didn't like Sam because she abandoned Tara. Right. But that was That's kind it. of it. <laughs> That's all we had. She's That's all Tara's we had to work off of. Best friend. Mm -hmm. And she kind of has an attitude. But I felt like because she was so 
kind of kept to herself and so sneaky and always had an attitude. And I felt like she kind of gave it away really quickly because she was always giving people looks like yeah. these really intense looks like the part where Tara walks in and she's walking behind her. I was like, girl, you are a killer. <laughs> you a killer if I've ever seen one. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I agree with you there. Like for me, it was more of like, I know the movie is going to try and subvert my expectations. So I almost assume that none of the friend group would be the killer because that's a trope that has been used in the previous entries mm -hmm. um but if it had to be somebody in that friend group i was going to obviously pick amber like yeah it's it's gonna be her um the richie richie caught me i'll admit richie caught me uh mostly because we had like the moment of having him as a prime suspect and i think that the the movie and the characters did a good job of sweeping that under the rug where he is mm -hmm. a suspect for a moment, but then very quickly I was like, nah, it's probably not Richie. Yeah. Well, and it's cool too. Cause they did the same thing that they did in the original scream where Randy accuses Billy mm -hmm. straight off of the jump. And as a result of that, I think everybody kind of brushes it off and Dewey does the same thing in this movie right away. He's like, it's a love interest. Yeah. And I think because that happens so soon, you think, oh, that's way too obvious. So I'm not going to take that seriously. I did start to suspect him around the point in the hospital, like when he wasn't helping Dewey at all. Right. <laughs> when he was getting attacked yeah. by Ghostface, I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's weird. That's suspicious. That, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. And I made, I made note of that too. And because I wanted to talk about this, because we have to talk about the Dewey uh, hospital section. Because this was, man, I have I had feelings <laughs> about this. Uh huh. Uh. I, I... <laughs> All right. So first off, I'm not. I will say I'm not a huge fan of this notion of like bringing legacy characters back just for the sake of killing them. Erica, mm -hmm. this is something that you've preached before, and I think over time I've kind of adopted the same ideas. Like I don't really like when that happens. Coming into this movie, didn't have a lot of expectations, but I knew that at least one legacy character was going to die. I was yeah. fully aware. I was like, at least one person's going to die. And even before seeing the movie, I kind of thought it was going to be Dewey. So mm -hmm. him dying isn't what bothered me. It was fully the way the that he way died. The way that it happened. I completely agree. It pissed me off. Okay, because Dewey dying is something I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Going to the movie is one of the first things that got spoiled for me. And I kind so, of, like, after watching the movie, I kind of assumed that that was one of the spoilers yeah. that you got, too. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the spoilers. And so, but I, I also had a feeling it was going to be Dewey because I agreed. I was I was like, one of our core three has to die. It just, it has to happen. And I had a feeling it was Dewey because he had been resurrecting himself from the first one. And I was like, he cannot continue to go unscathed. <laughs> if he gets attacked, it's he's going to die. It just has to happen because it's happened, almost happened so much. I will, I will quickly jump in and say that the I've been stabbed nine times line got me. I mm -hmm. love that line. That was a great line. I did love that line. I was like, Dewey has truly been through it. <laughs> he really has been. And I really feel Which for the man. Which makes the scene even more disrespectful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so Dewey, I think I mentioned this in our original Scream one. I was not a huge fan of Dewey in the original, but over the movies, he became one of my favorite characters. And so I was bummed knowing that it was probably going to be him. But at the same time, it I felt that that was kind, if someone's going to die in this movie, if one of the originals is going to die in this franchise, which should happen, it makes the most sense, I think, for Dewey's arc that it should be him saving somebody else because that's kind of his thing. Of he always course, goes in and course. tries to save someone and then gets stabbed. But okay. So yeah, it's disrespectful. Like because the there were so many things that they could have done with this death scene. And oh, and going off of your point, I was actually okay. I still hold strong to bringing characters back and killing them off is frustrating. I think it works for me in this movie though because up to this point, they've all been in every single movie. So that there wasn't mm -hmm. like a gap where they weren't in it and then they pop back up. I was okay with it because I'm like, they've been there. So that's okay for me. But to have Dewey, why did he have to succeed and then have this then, gotcha moment? That's what yeah. was silly to me. I don't think he should have gotten any shots in if you were going to kill him. Just do mm -hmm. it. Just kill him kill him because because first do we to shoot ghostface and then walk away and then come back don't make no sense don't after, make no after sense. four movies absolutely does not make any sense and like you can't you cannot fucking bow tie that for me where like oh he knows you have to shoot him in the head otherwise they're not dead he also knows that he absolutely should not walk back to that body otherwise he's going to die yeah. that should have been in his brain already and it makes more sense once you get to the end why he was not getting any assistance during that mm -hmm. fight but i did take a note during that fight is there are four of you and one ghost face why is dewey soloing this man yeah why is Dewey going hand-to-hand -hand combat alone? But also, even if he did say, oh, I got to shoot him or shoot him in the head, they come back. Why do you have to be one centimeter away from the body to shoot you accurately? You from the elevator. My guy, you were a deputy. <laughs> you were a sheriff. I think you can hit it. You don't even have to be at the elevator. Just get a little bit further away. Why are you on top of the body to shoot it in the head and unmask? Unmask, unmask. The, unmask them. You should have shot unmasked and kept it moving. Why'd you have to send them down in the elevator? Like, keep them up there. Yeah. Tell and them to hold the elevator. <laughs> like hold, yeah, hold it. And if something comes, and if things start popping off, close it and go down. And, and like, Dewey, you are not, you are a brash character who sometimes runs into situations unprepared however you have done everything right in this scene up to this moment just have him not win that first fight i would have preferred him to just be overpowered somehow by amber <laughs> rather mm -hmm. than him be successful and then have to go back and shoot them in the head and then get a phone call from Gail and mm -hmm. then get distracted. And, and and in that moment, 
Ghostface is resurrected with the the power of a, a hundred monster energy drinks and is able to <laughs> levitate off of the floor. Although this is a very cool kill, like it's a I great love, kill. It's I a great kill. We'll not take kill. that from them. Oh yeah, I love the kill. I love what they say to each other. I, I everything about it, I love. Besides the reasoning behind it, that's mm-hmm. what's kind of a bummer for a character like that's been successful for so many movies Mm -hmm. and i think part of it was because dewey's been around so much and because he has a legacy they wanted to give him that triumphant moment i i understand that i fully understand that i get it Mm -hmm. but i think for the context of the situation and how the characters were acting up until that point it was just a strange pick because then you now have this moment where dewey makes this very clearly stupid decision after making so many smart ones so, so I feel like that for me was just the most disrespectful part. I, I don't even really want to go too deep into the uh, rabbit hole. That is, how is Amber able yeah. to fight some of the people that she's fighting in the first place? Yeah. Uh, like movie that's magic. A, that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole different TED talk. Yeah. For whatever. It must be. Um, it must be crack or cocaine or something. <laughs> she's something. using some kind. Whatever supplement she got, send them my way because apparently she, it makes you. It gives you the strength of an ox, and I would love to have that on something. Because uh, they're <laughs> yeah, but um, but that being said, I do think Dewey dying is the only i i do enjoy that they made it where sydney is kind of thriving and nothing would bring her back in this moment besides somebody that she cares for dying i do think that was the smartest thing they could have done with sydney because why else would she come back to woodsboro heck no yeah yeah of course like him him being the catalyst makes one uh, absolute sense i i I agree with that as well i appreciated that it's just they that scene just needed a little bit of tweaking, just a tiny little bit. For me personally, I I would have had him just get like that that stomach stab that he gets. Let him get that as the as the elevator doors are closing. Like mm-hmm. give him a reason to send them off. Be like, mm-hmm. I'm losing this fight. Run. Yeah. Like no. and then go ahead and murder my boy. Like, fine. Yeah. But it's just it's the walk back, man. It's I can't accept that after five movies. Maybe in Scream two or three, if you did it, then I let it slide. But but five Cream, no, 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 can't get away with that. Can't no. get away with that. Not in twenty twenty two with Dewey Riley walk back. Not like that. <laughs> he wouldn't, especially to leave just leave them and I, I don't know. It made no sense. Also, this hospital. Okay, why would they move her to a private floor? I think that's really that silly the, because it's such a silly move. Wouldn't more public be ideal and just up the amount of police officers rather than moving her to a private floor that apparently has no nurses on call and no <laughs> other people in any rooms? And then when something bad happens, you only leave one police officer to watch her on this abandoned hospital floor. Mm-hmm. I and again. One uh, super Amber able to take out any police officer she crossed path with apparently. Yeah, well, and what's bro? I guess maybe that that one could have been Richie. That one actually could have been Richie, lowest of key. Oh, that took out the that took out the police officer because he true. was gone during that. And time. then all of a sudden was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey. I'm back. Why'd you hit me with the What'd with the lamp? I'm here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so let's talk about though the other our returning characters. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Gail and and Sydney who are not 
in this movie for a ton of time. They are mm-hmm. both of them don't come back until later because they are no longer living in Woodsboro, which I I liked that whole element of their relationship where it is and how like Dewey is the only one still there and everyone else has kind of moved on with their life. Yeah, and, that organically makes sense yeah, to me. That makes a lot of sense. I love seeing Sydney moving on and kind of reclaiming her life and and having a family with mark from the third movie and Mm -hmm. then yeah gail it makes sense that a it makes sense that where gail is but it also makes sense that gail would come back like she would come back Mm -hmm. without she's she's waiting for any opportunity (laughs) to come back let's be honest here She could have been doing the story of her life on, like, London TV <laughs> yeah. and would have flown back uh, on the first yeah. whiff of Ghostface coming on back. On a to red eye. Yeah, she's already <laughs> there. So, and I even liked that little bit, that little moment between her and Dewey. I liked the moments between Sydney and Gail. I will I think Gail, to me, in this movie feels a little bit more subdued than she has in other movies. Now, of course, time has passed. She is different now. And also, Dewey dies. So (laughs) she is emotionally in a different state. But Mm -hmm. I will say, I think compared to the Gail of the past, this she is not quite as feisty as I think I was expecting to see her in this one. That's true. She didn't have that same Gale fire, but I, I was kind of okay with it. I personally, outside of how they handled the last moments of of Dewey, I think this movie is a great example of how to actually handle legacy characters. Because mm-hmm. I think they do a very good job of it. They're in there. They serve a purpose. They're not in there too much. Yeah. And you you even use one of them as a plot device, mm-hmm. like. Comparative to some of the other examples of legacy characters coming back that we've seen throughout the past year or so, I would definitely say that uh, Scream did a good job yeah. of of handling it. Yes. And I was I was happy for that. I'm glad that they did. Yeah. They were used just enough, I think, where they kind of ushered in the new generation. Because if you get too much of the legacy characters, you're, th- you're going to be thinking to yourself, well, I wish this movie was more about them. But I mm-hmm. think it's important that we started with our newer characters, had some time with them, brought Dewey in, had him kind of push their their plot along and then brought in Sydney. I, I think it was very smart to bring Sydney in last so that we mm-hmm. could get acquainted with our new final girl before being like, and here's Miss Sydney Prescott. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like you have to have time to get used to the new before bringing back the old because otherwise you're just going to be like well i wish i had sydney if this was the case (laughs) and i so i think it was actually very smart for them to to bring each character back in the order that they did yeah no i agree with you i i I think that sydney was used just enough and yeah none of the legacy characters felt overbearing like i didn't feel like any of them overstayed their welcome or was like eating up time from any of the new cast yeah also did you see our our see our, our homeboy who oh wait who the i can see clearly now oh, the rain yeah. is gone <laughs> <laughs> i was so happy oh my 
doing here? <laughs> he gets killed so fast. He so, dies so fast. So fast. But still, I was like, what are you doing here? That was also really funny because, yeah, he's brought on and you're in as some creepy guy and then he dies pretty pretty quickly but that's all i could think when i saw him i was like, i know that's not i know that's not colin i can't be couldn't be him not in woodsboro but that was another thing too how do you feel about a majority of the characters being related to characters of the past i was okay with it okay. i was okay with it um because like like we've been saying, uh, and as the movie says, it goes back to the original. I outside of them being in Woodsboro, I think that having the characters be related is a fun extra touch. We didn't need it. Yeah. I don't think. I think we had enough catalyst for the events that we didn't need them to also be related. But it was just a nice little added like, look, if you know who these characters are that we're referring to, who they're related to, mm-hmm. it's a nice Easter egg, I think, for the fans. Yeah, it was. It's it's like a half plot device, half Easter egg for yeah. me, which I was okay with. Yeah, at at some time, sometimes I felt a little bit like the callbacks were a bit much for me, but mm-hmm. other times I was okay with it. I didn't. I, there was a moment in time where I felt like, oh my gosh, who's next? Who's related to <laughs> to Henry Winkler from the first one? Like, I was I was waiting for that, but at the same time, I did enjoy like I did enjoy them being related to Randy. I thought that was fun, and I mm-hmm. I liked that they brought um, Randy's sister back for that little cameo, like little things like that. I did think was were fun. I felt at times that they were leaning a little bit heavily on the the callbacks but nothing where i felt like nothing where i was upset like i still found all of them fun i just mm-hmm. thought it was a it was much more in succession i think than i was expecting it to be i guess that's fair let's talk about the kills a little bit so i like all the kills i yeah. really i i enjoyed all of them i think because of how intense they were and how malicious they felt. And I also enjoyed seeing the characters. It it felt like in this one, the characters had a lot of, almost every single character had a reaction moment uh, Mm -hmm. where they knew Ghostface was coming and they kind of tried to react or tried to fight back in some way. It didn't really work. Uh, Besides, uh judy but yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you she ran into that what are you gonna do about it she didn't have her sushi <laughs> yeah she, she wasn't quite prepared for that one but i think for everybody else they kind of had a moment to of realization and it was kind of fun to see everybody's different reactions mm-hmm. i think i really liked wes's kill that one was pretty brutal that mm-hmm. was like with the knife through his cheek or, or not his cheek, his throat, his throat. Yeah, through his throat. That's what, but that's what I'm talking about. With our stab physics, have <laughs> they've gotten good, man? We can really, we can really show a stab on screen now. <laughs> I think that was a shining example because we watched that thing go in and out, and mm-hmm. it's like it stayed there for a hot yeah, second too. It, it was, it was, it was intense. So I liked that one. Although she didn't die, I love Tara's 
attack scenes, mm-hmm. both of them, even though she, I know she doesn't get hurt in that second one, but yeah, I it liked was, it was how, nerve wracking. That yes. hospital scene, that sequence was great. She did a fantastic job Jenna, there. Jenna Ortega is just a fantastic actress, but I also liked how painful it was for her mm-hmm. to try and wheel herself away. Like it, and her hands started bleeding and stuff. I will say though, I. I was kind of irritated that it was really, really hard for her to wheel herself away. But then the next night, she was She's crutching totally around. Yeah. <laughs> she was crutching yeah. around we're the gonna, party. <laughs> we're going to say that it happened. And I think scoot past it because that's one of those plot points that what are you going to yeah. do? You know? I know she was high on the meds, but I was like, wow, she's really, <laughs> she really got, moving. She got, she got them extra, extra <laughs> yeah. credit painkillers. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I can't think of a death that I didn't like. I will say that Amber's was the death. I, I it was it felt very final destination and I liked like how dramatic it was, especially mm-hmm. for it to be Gail doing it to the person that killed Dewey. Like I liked how intense it was, but I will mm-hmm. say that fire stunt kind of had me cracking. <laughs> <laughs> the fi- the fire stunt was a little like you know, raise a couple eyebrows, but <laughs> I would say overall, I I absolutely loved Amber's mm-hmm. death. That that one was mm, that was yeah, a sweet he... sweet bit of payback. Oh yeah, especially with the build up because she keeps switching between trying to act like mm-hmm. it's she was taken advantage of and then switching back to being an asshole. And so and of course, you know, she's be, trying to beat the shit out of Sydney and Gale, so you're right. You're ready for her to die, <laughs> and it was very it was like kill very nice. this girl already. <laughs> Just kill her, please. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it, it was really good. I, you know, I like that. For me, a lot of the deaths matched the importance of the characters, and I thought that was really good because, like, for instance, Tara's attack at the beginning, super brutal, kind of drawn out, a little bit more theatrical. Colin's death, <laughs> just calling him Colin, but <laughs> oh yeah, like he just gets like a simple stab in the chest, and it's like it makes sense. Like we haven't spent time with him. Like why are we going to spend too much time on this kill? Um, even Wes, even though that was a great kill, comparative to some of the other ones, it was pretty quick and pretty fast, mm-hmm. um, which. We hadn't spent that much time with Wes, so it kind of makes sense, too, you know? I felt like a lot of the attacks matched how much time we'd spent with the characters. So I I, mm. I, I like that aspect. Yes, I will say the only character that I wish we had gotten a little bit more from was Mindy. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I, I was kind of bummed that we cut away from, from her fight. Because I liked that they were riffing off of the mm-hmm. look behind you. And then we get to see her look behind her and then we cut and we don't get to see a little bit of a tussle. We hear it and then we come down and see that she's being like where they're at now. But I did want to see a little bit more of that because at Mm -hmm. that point we had spent more time with Mindy and we got to see Chad's. We just got to see Chad's presumed death scene and I had enjoyed that. So I just wanted to I was like wondering what was going on down there. I always (laughs) wonder. I. Part of me has got to believe that they shot some of that tussle and maybe just didn't use it or something it, like that. Yeah. Um, maybe it was like a time constraint thing or whatnot. But I agree. I, I would have liked to not cut away there. At least seen like a swing or two before mm-hmm. we cut away. Uh, that, that was a little bit of a disappointment. But I was happy. <laughs> yeah. I was happy. I was honestly happy that both her and Chad survived. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we had some characters who can come back. Um, yeah. I was almost afraid there for a second that we really were going to just kill off most of the people 
just cause. Even with Sydney and Gale, I expected another one of them to die. Truly, oh, really? like I thought, I, I, yeah, I thought that they would kill another one of them before the end of the movie. And even though they didn't, uh, I was satisfied. I was like, okay, I'm okay with them living, but the body count it was getting it was getting pretty high. And, mm-hmm. I, and at some point, I wasn't really sure like what direction are we going here? Are we going with the the villains actually win this? Uh, that is a thought that that crossed my mind. We're subverting expectations. It is a Scream movie. Maybe this is the Scream where the heroes don't win in the end. Mm-hmm. Like the situation was looking fairly grim. Um, we clearly we go back more to like standard fare once yeah. we finally reach the end. But in that last bit, I did feel tense because I didn't know who was going to make it. I didn't know who was going to leave that house alive. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that that's totally fair. Um, but going off of that, I guess should we just dive into this ending and how we felt about like the big reveal, the motive and how it all comes to a conclusion. Sure. I, I don't, uh, hmm. Yeah. I just think like, I feel like I've covered most of my feelings about it. Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I liked the reveal. Amber, I kind of saw coming, but Richie worked for me because I, at that point, I just really wasn't expecting him. Even, in the moments where it's like, are you sure you don't suspect him? I was like, yeah, no, nah, he's fine. He's mm-hmm. he's okay. Um, I also think that is partially due to just Jack Quaid being a really good actor. Um, I think he plays that I'm innocent vibe very, very well. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy to let your guard down while watching him. Uh, so that bit was good. The motivation, I thought, was fine. I like the idea of like fans are taking the movie and being like, we're doing this because you did such a shitty remake that we want to do one mm-hmm. ourselves. I think that's a fun little poke and commentary. Whoa. Sydney Prescott. You know, I'm a really big fan. Go fuck yourself. You see the last Stab movie? Not really a fan of scary movies. That checks out. Anyway, it suck balls because nobody takes the true fan seriously. Not really. They just laugh at us. And why? Because we love something? We're just a fucking joke to them? How can fandom be toxic? It's about love. They don't fucking understand these movies are important to people. Richie. And we're gonna help them. Hollywood's totally fucking out of ideas, so we decided we'd give them some new source material to follow, you know? Bring it back to basics. Because that's how you make a great stab movie, Sam based on actual events the relationship between amber and richie i thought was a bit of a stretch myself like i could have i could have done with them just being accomplices i didn't need any sort of like relationship love interest sort of shit with that that was unnecessary to me um yeah especially because amber's what like 16 17 <laughs> also that <laughs> and uh, whatever is age she adult. is she is far too young <laughs> for richie whatever age he's supposed to be yeah uh, so that is a big no-no but uh outside of that them meeting on a on a subreddit board all that stuff that made sense to me and i think at the end of the day the ending was very scream-esque it was a very scream-esque ending and so i'm not mad at it because of that I got what I wanted. I got the scream ending. They gave it to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but what about you? 
So, well, one of my favorite parts is that reveal of being like, oh, you're in Stu, Mo- uh, Stu Mucker's house. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great when they like panned out and she was standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Big fan. Huge fan. That that would have been better for me if I didn't know that we were going back to that house at some point. That that was either spoiled in like a trailer or something else. Oh, but you okay. just knew that you were going back to that house at some point. So like I kind of started to clock it with the furniture oh, um, at okay. some point. I did not know that. But yes, so it was a surprise for me. I was like, well, I thought <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. But um, yeah, you know, I liked, I think I was most surprised because I would have thought Amber was like the ringleader, but Richie seemed like he was more of the mm-hmm. mastermind once things unfolded. Amber fell more into the sidekick role and then Richie was like, the leader guy, which kind of surprised me because Amber did more of the killings mm-hmm. than Richie did, which is also because he was with Sam a lot of the time and couldn't do them. But I was thinking Amber was going to be more of the one who was pulling the strings. Um, but yeah, her, like I said, her, her reveal I thought was awesome because of how quick and how surprising what she did in that moment was, especially because it wasn't a mask reveal. Yeah. It was a, oh, it's me, but I'm going to kill you real quick reveal. And I all, even liked when she ran outside and she was like, oh, like crying ah, and stuff. And, and Sydney and Gail were like, it's a trap. I liked that. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I... I like the ending. I like the message. I what they were tackling this movie, this idea of like toxic fandoms and people who get way too like invested in way too upset about things yeah. like not going the way that they want to and how there's like this divide between horror fans with the ones that are you know, all about like new horror and elevated horror and the ones who are like all about the classics and want things to be the same and want to continue down that path and how that can overtake people and like trolls and stuff like that. And I think it's fun for them to do the whole, to play into the idea of with these reboots and these remakes, it's hard to please all the fans. No one's ever going to be happy because you have to strike a good balance between appeasing and keeping the diehard day one fans happy and keep them content with where it's going but then you also do want to bring in new people and appeal to a new audience so uh, that was fun I, I i like that they involved that in a situation like this especially with scream i liked that i thought that that was good and i feel like it really does fit the times yes especially that, that's a big thing very yeah. very relevant to today yeah very relevant and i think it worked with these characters it was a little bit on the like on the nose for me at times but Mm -hmm. i still liked the message so i wasn't like super like salty about it or anything i think the only place that lost me in this ending was it felt a bit long at it felt a little like slow for me at times and i think it's only and i was trying to figure out why because i was Mm -hmm. like sure this can't be any longer than any of the other other reveals i was like it certainly can't be any longer than when they had sydney in the kitchen in the original one and they were doing their monologue breakdown i'm like everybody gets a monologue breakdown Mm -hmm. i think what it was though was i think it was because 
we had so many people in the kitchen. <laughs> like yeah. there was just, there's a too lot of people in, in that. Yeah, there are too many people in that kitchen. So I was having a really hard time because everybody kept trying to go for something. Sydney would try and reach for something and then they'd go to her and then Sam would try and reach for something and mm -hmm. Gail, Gail was falling out of the chair. <laughs> I just, it was like a little bit too much. I was back into it by the point they went to go look for Tara and mm -hmm. realized that she was running around somewhere. Like, I was back into it by that point, but I just think, yeah, it was too many, too many people uh, for that reveal. And so I think it just kind of took me out of it a little bit because I wanted everyone to be a little bit more incapacitated because I'm like, Sydney, you've been stabbed before and you've come back from worse and i'm like gail you've come back from worse shots so i was waiting for them to like do their thing mm -hmm. oh and also so, gail being shot in like every movie is such a meme that i kind of love it is such a meme <laughs> i was kind of like damn i wanted gail to 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 not to get through get through this one but yeah she she got shot right away <laughs> she is a bullet magnet yeah. especially walking through or watching through the series man like gail Start wearing a bulletproof vest, vest. homegirl, for real, for real. I beg of you. I beg of you because, yeah, she is getting shot every which way from Sunday. But, yeah, I, I, I think that's what it was. Like, after I was reflecting on it, I think I was just taken out because we have our three final girls. Like, now we've got our newest one and we've got our, our old two in mm -hmm. this room. And, and, and Amber and... Richie like, just have them <laughs> down and out too, and <laughs> too many final girls yeah. all at once. I I kind of feel that and I if I was going to like critique anything about the ending, it's not specifically towards this movie, so take this however you will, but throughout the entire series there is again, they're following a format. So when it gets to the end and it gets to this reveal, a thing that a lot of the scream movies do is they they try and redo the Billy Stew kitchen scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And personally, cool. It's a lovely scene. Thank you for paying homage to it so many times. I never want to be in that kitchen again. I'm yeah. over the kitchen. I don't want to go back there. Br like, yeah. And I think I felt, <laughs> I felt it on this watch. Like this mm -hmm. was the watch where I was like, I will take this kitchen let's stab each other whatever sequence again one more time but what i need to change along with everything else changing especially because we are continuing this series like it is getting at least a, a sixth movie i need if we're gonna have killers that are evolving and taking the things that the previous killer did and made them better i need one of these killers to figure out their ending like, I need one of these killers to figure out a way to actually handle this last bit where it's not, I get you, and then I forget about somebody, I go after that somebody, and then I lose. Mm -hmm. That formula, I think, is becoming tired. And so, like, either I need the killer to find more new and innovative ways to handle that last sequence, or I need my heroes to learn more better innovative ways of getting out of that scenario. Yeah. But I can't have the repeat of just somebody's hiding out somewhere in the house to jump one of the killers 
while the other team take out the other killer. Like we we've done it enough. Yeah, because this out of everything feels the most similar to the original. Mm-hmm. And I think out I get it. They they started similarly and they ended similarly. But I think for the guys of Radio Silence and for the writers of this film, I I felt for a majority of this film that you can tell that they have respect and love for the Scream series and they went in with care to make sure that this film fit into the series and felt like a Scream movie. But I also will applaud them for the things that they did differently to put their own stamp on it so that it wasn't a a direct copy of things that had been done before. I thought that they were doing a pretty good job of that until we got to this moment. And it feels like they went so far into an homage, a throwback, uh, a fan service. And it's kind of a bummer because this was the moment for them to say, this is our version of a scream reveal. This is our version of what the twist should be. And rather than do that, they said, no, this is the version. This is the scream version of a reveal of a twist. And they didn't stick that landing for me because now I'm just thinking of the original movie. So, and I think what they could have done to maybe help remedy that a little bit is get Sydney and Gail out of that kitchen, have Sam in the kitchen, have Amber maybe doing, trying to get Sydney and Gail somewhere else for some reason Mm -hmm. and separate them because then Sam is Sydney now. She's taking Sydney's spot in the kitchen mm-hmm. and and doing it. So we're just we're we're rebuilding it anew, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Don't have them all in there. All everybody in there. Grab a. You don't have to be a knife, Sydney. Grab something. <laughs> <laughs> grab something and throw it at him. <laughs> and that's you know that's my last little bit of critique here is especially because this is a plot that has been used multiple times. They spent way. Let me take that back. <laughs> they kept Gail and Sydney alive way too fucking long. Like yeah. for what? Why were they still alive? What right. did you need them for? I understand their legacy characters, and I feel like I know the fan reasons why you didn't just kill them instantly. But for what I feel like our killers were trying to do for this movie. I don't get why you needed the two of them alive still. It wouldn't have mattered, yeah. Because in previous ones, Sydney has had to stay alive because it's always been about Sydney. This is the mm-hmm. first time where Ghostface isn't bothered with... It's not about Sydney. Mm-hmm. Sydney is important for the story that they're trying to create. They want to bring back originals, but it's not about her. It's, she's just like an extra bonus for them. So... Yeah, I understood when they would monologue in the past and they'd want to keep Sydney alive and like reveal their grand plan because it was important for her to know why they did what they did. But yeah, then in this one, I'm like, just kill just, Sydney and Gale. You killed Dewey Lickety Split. You <laughs> right? And so he got no monologue. <laughs> he got no monologue. You guys didn't care. And so that's why, yeah, it just feel like even if if Amber took them out because she wanted to kill them, maybe she was fangirling over it. She'd already killed Dewey. So maybe she was like, oh, I want to take them out too kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they turn on her and they overtake her and then Sam and Tara can take care of Richie. Like, I feel like that would have made it a little bit more palatable for me. 
Um, but I will say I I know that they're doing another one, and I do know that Courtney Cox is confirmed to make some kind of appearance in it. I don't know. I kind of feel like this was a good ending for Gail in Sydney. Like yeah, I almost I, wish they kind of left it there. Yeah, I really wish that we would just let them have this as their finale and not let come them back. breathe <laughs> and let them yeah. go and live their lives. I, I would ra- I would rather that than have them just come back for six and die. Yeah, that's gonna annoy me when it does happen because it's gonna happen. If especially if both of them come back, one of them dies, yes. and like unless it's just like a cameo and they're mm-hmm. just breezing through for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they at all have any claws in the plot, they're gonna die. Yeah. Oh, um, sure. And so for that reason, I'm like, just let them let them have this last win. I was fully okay with it, and like let's. You're 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 rehashing this stuff. You're rehashing this franchise. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You you've already set the foundation for me. I don't need legacy anymore. You're good. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Yeah, and I think, but yeah, I I just feel like that moment with them sitting outside, like Sydney talking to Sam, and kind of like letting her know, like, yeah, you'll be fine, and like you'll get over this eventually, and them talking like i just felt like that was such a nice send-off and it was Mm -hmm. like a nice ending they had helped them get past it they figured it out bam boom bop uh let's go home i have kids now sydney says to gail Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like i don't know i just think that that would have been that would have been really nice but i did yes i did like the very very end where like we do get to see that the twins are still alive and sam gets to ride off with tara and 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 i even liked that sam finally you know, got to fight back with uh, Richie, and she mm-hmm. was the one who kind of got to take him down. I, and I, also the the Billy, her <laughs> Billy coming out during that kill, I was actually very okay with. Yeah, um, it made sense during that. Yeah, mm-hmm, because that the way she was stabbing was there was some rage behind them slices mm-hmm. and uh, the extra shots she and the said, extra she shots too. Pop those off real quick. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, in the head? All right, bet. Let me hit both shoulders first. Say less. <laughs> yeah. She said both the eyeballs and the mouth. I was like, wow. Better better aim than Dewey, I can see. Mm-hmm. But, but I, uh, if they, if that moment, I'm, I'm, this is me forecasting now. If that moment was to allude us to her inner violence and that's going to come back into play later on, I'm game. I'm game. I just need okay. to see them do it right. That's all. Yeah. I will say I am not game. Um, okay. If that's the path they're going down, I mean, I'd, I'd accept it. But I will say I, I hope that that is not the path that they go down. Um, but yeah, I liked the ending. I do wish that Sam had had maybe one extra scene with Ghostface where she was evading Ghostface in some manner. But other than that, I was... I was pleased with the way that it ended. Agreed. Agreed. And I did like that the ending was a straight parallel to the original ending. That yeah. that was fun too. That was a nice mm-hmm. that was a very nice callback for me. Yes, that was a very nice callback. And and, and we I, had a black gale. And we okay. had black gale. <laughs> okay. I I I do appreciate it. But also too, I will say it was clever. This is what made me unsure. Uh, with the whole thing with um, their reason for going to the party and stuff like that, I thought that that was pretty smart too. Because I was mm-hmm. wondering, I was like, there surely there must be like a party scene. Yeah, there's always a party. Or something. So I was wondering how they were going to get there. And I will also say I liked the way that they got them there. That was that was good too. Very true. Very true. Yes. 
that's that's it though that's five cream um there was a lot i don't even think we touched on everything but this is a lot yeah. <laughs> this movie is a lot going there's on a lot there's a lot to talk about and i, I think too there with the franchise as well there's just so much to talk about it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without talking about the other movies too so mm -hmm. like you just kind of gotta put that into the equation yeah yeah but i i think we took we covered the big points so now same, the, same. the question is mm -hmm. what do we rate this out of <sighs> damn what if we for our boy rated this movie out of deputy dewey's yeah let's do it yeah let's rate it out of deputy Dewey's. talking about send-offs for characters one character didn't get a proper send-off and i'd like mm. to do that right now <laughs> mm -hmm. no i'm cool with it let's do that all right would you care to go first yeah i'll go first i'm thinking um i think i might give this like a three point three point six deputy dewey's interesting okay yeah i um i just i i i liked this movie and honestly upon rewatches i might like it more like i said if nothing else this was an entertaining movie it was fun and it had that scream tone that i look to the scream movies for i liked what they were talking about like what their all their meta conversations were i enjoyed those for the most part i enjoyed our main protagonists and i enjoyed seeing our originals come back as well loved the kills and i think that a lot of the ways that the story unfolded were clever i think my biggest thing though that i'm bummed about is i always look forward to these movies for the mystery of the killer and for the group, like the new group of characters that are going to be getting mm -hmm. picked off. And I kind of was bummed by that aspect in the feeling that I didn't, I felt like everything was around who the, like they focused way too, that characters themselves focused way too much on who is the killer amongst us. But I, but then they were really obvious about who the killer was amongst them. So I was like, is mm -hmm. this even a conversation we need to be having right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was the the battle that I was having the whole movie is wishing that we had more from our characters besides the killer plot, but then also clocking the killer plot a little bit too soon. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me, but... I think I would like to rewatch this movie and especially knowing what happens now, I think I would like to rewatch this movie and and see if I feel the same about it mm -hmm. once everything is laid out. But at the moment, yeah, 3.6 Deputy Dewey's. Okay. Okay. Uh I think I myself on a first time watch of Five Cream. I'm going to land on a four out of five Deputy Deweys. Okay. Because for the most part, like you, I really enjoy this movie. I especially enjoy the formula of the requel that they use for this movie. I think this is a fantastic reboot. I think they capture the elements that you are looking for in a Scream movie. I like that they update it to match the times. But um, one thing that I think was missing for me, which is 
strange to say, but it was kind of just the magic, the whimsy, mm. the like. There's. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's like I know. <laughs> just like that feel, that feeling that you get in your stomach when you're watching a scream movie. I felt like I got it with this one, but not to the same degree that I got with previous entries. Okay. I think that it was very focused on making sure that it was a good reboot and i respect it for that but i think because of that along the way it lost a little bit of the fun that i think is present in some of the other entries however for the most part i still think that it is a solid movie a solid reboot and even if you watched it not watching any of the other ones as like a standalone i think it would be okay like i think you could watch this as a standalone you would be missing a bit but I think you could still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So for all these reasons and the fact that they did my boy Dewey kind of mm-hmm. wrong, um, I'm going I'm to I'm stick to the four out of five Deputy Deweys. Alrighty. All right. Well, that's it, homies. That's, those were our thoughts on Five Cream. Um, we Now that we can join into the conversation, we would love <laughs> to hear your thoughts on this movie. What did you like? What did you not like? And... Were you, do you find this a successful requel for the series? And also, too, I would like to know what you guys are expecting from, like, uh, Scream 6. Yeah, because we do have that officially confirmed. Yes. Like, Scream 6 is coming. Yeah. So what are you guys expecting from that? And, like, do you, what path do you think they're going to be taking with these characters? So if you guys would like to talk to us about that, you can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or you can come into our Discord and slip into the channel made specifically to discuss this movie. The link for our Discord is in our social media bios. You can also email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And like we said, uh, we're streaming tonight. If you're listening to this on Monday, we will be on Twitch tonight doing a dual birthday celebration stream, but also diving a little bit more in depth about our thoughts on the Scream franchise. So if you want to come and talk to us there and hear our thoughts on the series as a whole, then you can also find the link for our Twitch and our social media bios. And last but never least, if you wouldn't mind, we would love if you would rate or review us. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. Uh, The more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It recommends our podcast to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. Or you can just rate us over on Spotify. That's where you're listening. Just go up to our podcast page, look right underneath our name, and hit the stars. Either way, we would love for you to do it, and we'd very much appreciate it. But feels good to be back, homies. We are very excited and looking forward to our next episodes, and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.